0: Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining us today on Brand Story, Inc. is Kevin Jones, the founder and CEO of Blue Wire, a leader in sports podcasting, boasting dozens of premier podcasts, ranging and covering the NFL, NBA, college with a litany of sports celebrities, journalists, and influencers. Kevin, welcome to the show.
1: Jay, man, very kind intro. I'm excited to talk podcasting, talk publishing in general. I love the podcast you've built. Um, Podcasting is such a niche world, and yeah, it's exciting times for audio in in general, but I appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, I appreciate it, and also uh, kind of a kindred spirit of somebody who started their own company, which you did with Blue Wire launching in 2018. Uh, smack dab in the middle of podcasting's podcasting's explosion. Uh, Share the origin story with us. How it came to be, why, and how you've evolved it in two years, and in sports fashion, we'll kind of call this the two-minute drill, so go.
1: Oh, yeah, man. You know, the origin story really is I was in sports media for about eight years. I'm 31 now, and I really, I worked at KBR in San Francisco. I worked for the Cleveland Browns. I worked uh, television, uh, WSA nine in Washington, DC. That's a Gannett affiliate at the time. So, um, I bopped around like a pinball, man. I, I did yeah, digital so ESPN all... in there, right? You had an ESPN. Yeah. So I, I was, I was a part of the true hoop, uh, mm-hmm. in college, Love that, true you hoop. know, so, you know, I, I was this digital creator for a long time and I, I didn't see a path forward for myself at my last stop, which was a radio station. Mm-hmm. I was making about 50 K. I feel like I was creating some of the best content at the radio station, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be blogging, whether it be my podcast and it wasn't getting rewarded cause I wasn't a radio host. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, this is stupid. This <laughs> is stupid. I, I, I'm bringing your radio station a lot of value here. I'm, I'm driving engagement. And so I, I looked, you know, my, our, my contract was coming up there and we, we both decided, yeah, they they went a different direction. I'm happy to report, uh, you know, things worked out. It, mm-hmm. it was kind of a heartbreaking moment for me at the time, but you know, the two minute drill for me is this sports media was broken for a 28 year old creator who didn't want to be a radio host or a TV or a newspaper journalist. Like I, I like that right. kind of path isn't doesn't exist anymore i think that so many people have built their own audiences now and have been independent and are have been independent for years and almost want something uh so you know blue wire is an expansion team where people are plugging their content we also launch our own originals and stuff and i'm excited to get into it but that's the origin story man i felt locked out i felt like i couldn't climb the top of the mountain in the current game. So I wanted to build my own chess sports
0: Well, it's interesting, you know, in advance of this, did a little homework and uh, I've been, as I mentioned, I've been admiring Blue Wire from afar. And I've mentioned, uh, we'll talk about the, kind of the celebrity business person in, in sports in a minute. It's like, it's crazy how it might just be one of those things where my antenna's up every single day on Sportico or front office or SBJ, you're reading about, um, you know, some sports celebrity influencer, media person who's becoming their own entity or equity investor or owner and, and whatnot. But I, I was curious for you, uh, those that are listening, check out their website, uh, blue Wire pods, P O D S.com. It's an awesome website it lists all. It, it's just really easy to navigate. But what really stuck out to me was your three revenue streams, right? So describe how blue Wire makes money.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we make money three different ways. We have our podcast network, which is kind of what I, I said, we, we banded together and we have 125 podcasts now that most of them were existing and they launched before coming to Blue Wire. But mm-hmm. we banded all those together and we sell ads against those. Um, so that's our podcast network. These are weekly shows for the most part. Mm-hmm. Some people do two or three times a week. Um essentially they were uploaded to the abyss before this right. most people were independent so we grouped that together it's getting millions of monthly impressions so that's one way a uh, second way is is partnerships so we uh, are about to announce a partnership with an NFL team mm-hmm. we're doing a, a production on a social justice podcast feed with them. We're, we're running point getting paid for that. We had a partnership with with whistle sports for six months. Mm -hmm. We tried podcasting with them. We work with the Las Vegas review journal. Um, so we have some corporate clients that we help monetize the podcast. We do content strategy. We can do production. We can basically evaluate, Hey, do you need our full setup where we do everything or what do you have in house? Um, the third is we do make our own original IP. So we have our network of podcasters. We have our partnerships. And then, you know, with Greg Olson and the celebrities, we own that IP, give the celebs a little bit of a minimum guarantee. And then it's Mm -hmm. either evergreen content that we're banking on or we're about to launch a conversational show with with a hockey star. I'm teasing a lot, but we have some big announcements coming. Uh, But, yeah, so. So that's, that's it. We have our podcast network that we sell ads against. Mm -hmm. We have our partnerships, which is a B2B unit. And then this, this celebrity IP, which is also ad driven, but we're, we're looking to turn TE1 with Greg Olson into video on X channel or Peacock streaming, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. TE1 is going to become a brand for us with Mm -hmm. Greg Olson. And just, yeah, we, it's gonna. St- we're gonna start brands as podcast, and then kind of spin them out into video, into other IP that we think can this become a syndicated show, etc. Uh, Wondery and Gimlet run that model as well. But essentially, turning audio into video um, is is can be a very lucrative part part of of this whole podcasting well, business model.
0: I'm excited to dig in on that, especially uh, you know, I mean, each part of what you just talked about is its own podcast, and and but the partner part is interesting, you know. Brand Story, Inc., it's a lot of content executives out there that are doing podcasts as part of whether it's their media entity or, but many folks we're talking to don't have those, um, uh, you know, they don't have the capabilities in-house. There's kind of that, and in, in for you guys to kind of be turnkey on all or part of that as an outsourced, you know, extension for media publisher or brand is a pretty cool thing. And so to that end, I want to kind of follow up what are the most common questions you get from partners in terms of, you know, uh, I hear people, you know, things that I always talk about and that I'm curious about, but you know, things like how big does my audience need to be before I can monetize it? What should my revenue expectations be? I mean, are what types of, what are the most frequently asked questions you get from people that are interested in the business side of podcasting?
1: Totally. It's, you get, you get a wide range, but I'll, use a pro team as an example. We're talking to an mm-hmm. NHL team. They want a full setup. They have a podcast now. They want to scrap their strategy. But yeah, they, they're interested in monetizing with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do have Chevy on board. We do have mm-hmm. um, Direct TV. We have a bigger ad impression set to bring to market. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're getting RFPs from these brands where, where the pro teams are, aren't going to, and we can kind of divvy up the money easier. So um, I would say monetization is key for, for everyone getting into it at the B2B level. They're really trying to turn audio into a business unit. Um, you know, For impressions, it's gonna start out a few thousand for everyone. Mm-hmm. And our goal, if you're a pro team, how do we turn the podcast into an insider show? Right. Right. You, your, your press releases or some key information you've gotta withhold and save for the podcast. It's gotta become a must listen place. Mm -hmm. you can turn the podcast content into social and and you can plug it different places you can play vignettes if you have a tv network affiliation with a with a fox sports regional Mm -hmm. or or if you're msg or if you're ted leone's with monumental so you know we're we're trying to teach teams i think teams really realize that they're content companies they used to think they were ticket sales companies and now they realize wait a second Some of our fans may never come back to stadium. Some people may may be wearing masks for five years because they're a little paranoid about the virus. There's going to be a hangover effect. I think teams realize we've got to invest in making really high-quality content. Copying and pasting our radio show and calling it a podcast is no longer acceptable. Yeah. it doesn't need video level resources where it's seven figures on every team's budget like what are we doing for video but mm-hmm. there needs to be a six figure level investment into a podcast strategy if you're a professional sports team that's our pitch um you know six figure investment as a pro team today get a better host let's do some soundscaping let's commit to a weekly episode if not two let's make the podcast a crown jewel of what you're doing um, and then that will reap seven figure ad rewards in two to three to four years. So yes. it's a, com- it's a, yeah. it's a commitment that, yep. that, uh, you know, some teams will not do because mm-hmm. the budgets are tight right now. And th- there's smaller ways to start with, with pro teams, but that's what we, that's what we tell them. Um, it's working for us, you know, the, the audio investment two years ago, we're, you know, we have a nice solid seven figure business now for all the, the labor we did in setting up our audio channels.
0: Yeah. We have the same challenge, right? I mean, for, at teamwork's media, my day job, we talked to entities about kind of how to convert into a media company and it's, it's tough to get people to get into a three to four year mindset. Like I think if you look at like the Philadelphia Eagles to me have done a great job of really creating their own content studio where they're, Treating the Eagles as like a, a, you know their own Hollywood brand and kind of building out these own content franchises and leveraging it's a pretty cool model. So, really direct question there. If you're an independent sports podcaster out there, right? Whatever, um, pick a team doesn't matter what it is, and and it's credible. At what point should you start thinking about monetization that's actually going to move the needle for you? How many how many listeners, like somebody calls you or emails you, and it's catching your eye based on they have. The, X amount of listeners on a weekly basis.
1: I would say ten thousand listeners an episode is like, for us, is great, is amazing. It's also mm-hmm. it takes most people take several years to get there. Right. Our our best our you know our people who are there started in twenty sixteen, and they've podcasting is a long game. The people who show up and do it every week for years all of a sudden wake up with ten thousand listeners. Uh, I think you know at a certain point if it's not going to get there. Are you using it because you're a journalist and you want to do long form interviews? Mm -hmm. We do. We have Nicole Yang from the Boston Globe. We have Chris Biederman from the Sacramento Bee. A lot of folks are not getting any support from their newspapers and their newspapers have allowed them to come to blue wire to monetize. So at Mm -hmm. least these, um, we pay about between 10 and $15 per thousand listens Mm -hmm. per per ad unit or just per the podcast just depending on the podcast value to us mm-hmm. so i think people at the end of the day are okay making a few hundred bucks a month on it mm-hmm. but you know some of our best people are obviously making thousands of, of bucks a month mm-hmm. um uh, doing it so it, it you know we try and it's like a pizza pie it's very easy a blue wire for our network podcasters you you get a receipt at the end of the month for your downloads and you kind of get, Oh, that was my payout. You kind of under, and it our ad revenue pie is growing as we get bigger advertisers and the buys get bigger. We're also adding content too. So it's a, it's a catch 22. Yeah. Just growing the team. But I, you know, no one wants to do it for free at the end of the day. And we think blue wires is is kind of like the best solution. If you're an independent podcaster, anchor is probably our stiffest competition of what Mm -hmm. Spotify is doing. They they load things with ads there, but we right. um we we're offering so much more. We're offering a community of people. If you're truly like a sports podcaster, you can come here and and get a lot more than just plugging into an anchor.
0: Cool. And so zoom out you kind of went there. So I want to continue to zoom out on the landscape of podcasting from a number of fronts and let's start with the overall podcast market and then we can kind of slice it as you want. But I mean, I read in an interview, I think on Forbes that you did where you're not trying to convert radio listeners to podcast listeners. You're trying to convert podcast listeners to your podcast listeners. Explain.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think the people still listening to radio are they're the laggards. If you look at, uh, you know, technology. There's early adopters and there's laggards. So we're focused on what we still think is early adoption in podcasting. I think it's what 78 million people monthly. It's still way less than than video and mm-hmm. TV and some other things. But yeah, you know, of the most people who listen to pods listen to about four to eight, five to seven. There's different articles, different different mm-hmm. studies you can point to. We're trying to crack the rotation trying to scale this content set to touch every niche corner, every international market in the next couple of years and have every, every topic. We don't want to do it overnight. We could set up every channel and try and just go okay. find talent, but, but we don't do it that way. Um, so yeah, you know, you set up this content set impression, uh, and, and try and reach the most amount of people possible. Um, and that, that's really what we're trying to do, man. My, my, my article in, in Forbes, um, Was was pointing to that of just we we know that our audiences are smaller for this. It's almost like Shopify, man. We're arming the rebels Mm -hmm. is really our our philosophy here, and that the more rebels that come to our table, the bigger our table gets. So we're almost uh, like Bleacher Report was at the beginning, where anyone can almost write for them. Mm -hmm. Um, We and. Um, I even even look
0: at it like as a Vox model. Back in the day, SB Nation, you know, I mean, I'm dating myself here. This is going back like 15 years ago when they they aggregated all of these independent bloggers, right, and just kind of formalized and put a professional business lasso around all these independent blogs and built a a dynamo business because it's just that much easier to interface with an advertiser. It's such a disparate market, and you guys are – creating kind of this you know turnkey right. solution for him so it's, it's it's a smart model it's worked before <laughs> worked for uh and, and vox and then that's why i'm you know it's clear to me that this is going to work for you uh, i'm curious kind of looking at the big picture landscape as someone who actually has a podcast it's still wild west right in terms of distribution spotify itunes pandora blah, blah blah how do you view the audio ecosystem and where is it going in your opinion
1: I'm happy about Spotify, other podcast network founders. You know, there's some who are like, oh, wow, they're trying to control the industry. But they've made such drastic moves that it woke up Sirius XM to acquire mm-hmm. Stitcher mm-hmm. And, and, and my buddy Brad Smith, his company Simplecast, where we upload our podcast. They got acquired by Sirius. Um, it, I think there's a lot of people that would want to acquire Blue Wire now because Spotify is made these drastic moves man really joe rogan bill simmons mm-hmm. michelle obama like they're trying to almost become netflix for audio in a sense that they want the best stuff there and they want it to just become this hub it's been good for their business in terms of like on the stock market i don't think their stock is like dramatically increasing just because of music like what their people are buying their stock because they believe in in this audio strategy of, of podcasting i've said it in articles too you know joe rogan is the same amount as like this whole tom hanks movie that came out mm-hmm. I, I i would love i would love to see just the retention and the metrics on that i just feel like spotify is getting so much more content people coming to their app every single day for joe rogan mm-hmm. or this this tom hanks movie that's going to cost a uh, you know, hundred million dollars uh per year that they they do it, it's, it's interesting where content's going man i Apple, I think, is the the sleeping giant, of course, in the industry. And it just, it seems too late. It seems a little too late for them to just turn on and try and copy Spotify like they did with Apple Music. Um, but maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, those we'll, sto- we'll,
0: don't, don't those stories just fascinate you? I mean, you sit there and you look at the inherent advantage iTunes had for podcasting. And then to see these other... This is why I'm not a good investor. Because <laughs> back in the day, I would have said Spotify. Good luck. You're gonna beat Apple, who's got the, you know, got the iPhone in the hand. I and mean, it's just it's amazing to me how the the markets evolved. And I I I feel I feel like Apple has done a tr- a ton of tremendous things. But this one, I feel that they they slept at the wheel a little bit.
1: Yeah, and you know, we've talked with Amazon before. There, we've mentioned that um, mm-hmm. Axios, I think. So all the all the major players are are more serious about audio because of spotify that's how i look at the space from a macro level and then content studios like myself hopefully can play with them all and then also play with a i don't know if you know fox sports arizona or you -hmm. know there's just a bunch of like regional networks that maybe could use our content as well so as, as we look at the ecosystem, we think we're playing in the audio one and we're playing in the sports media one where there's all these OTT platforms that yeah. are going to, are going to need more content. And it, it's as easy as a simulcast for us, but we're also making docu style content. We're really excited about our grant wall thing coming out with ready to do. Mm-hmm. How do we have video in mind for, for some of these podcasts we're coming out with too, that we can plug in on the video side. So yeah, I mean, we're I'm sitting, your we're, sweet
0: spot, man. I, I'm loving that. Like, I love that you're going down that road. I love the, the we're long, we're sitting in the middle.
1: We're sitting in the middle of the ecosystem is how we really view it, man, in terms of how we can lean into audio and being the experts there, but also turn some of our better stuff into video. So
0: now you get to play uh, Professor Kevin Jones here. I'm talking with CEO and founder of Blue Wire, um, preeminent sports podcasting company. So knowing the audience listening, I mean, we've got execs from you know Barron's and Wall Street Journal to Digiday to all... all- types of folks listening here, uh, media publishers, brands, et cetera. Uh, walk us through some best practices. I want to dig in here. What advice do you have to content studio execs who are either kind of new to the game or about to take the plunge? Forget about sports content or not, just in terms, in terms of kind of things to be thinking about from a um, early stage nascent getting in the podcast game.
1: I think most media companies Five years from now, we'll either have a podcast network or a podcast studio mm-hmm. where they either have a cluster of talk shows that they're monetizing and are good for their brand. And it's not that big of a business unit, but it's just it'll be good to have like a cluster of shows. And this is this is everyone. This is this is mm-hmm. not only newspaper, which is any digital brand and um, any outside of sports in any any genre. Anyone creating content right now should have a podcast network or a podcast studio. What, what we build with Grant Wall and Freddie Adu, where you're taking a big swing, you're almost making a movie, mm-hmm. you're saying this is this is like an investigative piece. It's six episodes. We worked with a journalist, it's a story that's high impact for our brand. And we made a an investment with Blue Wire or, or a production company to pull this off. Mm-hmm. And now it went so well. We're going to build a second story on top of it, a third story, and all of a sudden, you have this investigative channel, or, mm-hmm. or it can be a high-powered conversation, but just like a higher produce. So that's what I think. You know, content studios five years from now, even if they're video-oriented today or written-oriented today, will have some type of audio extension to their brand, and they will need companies like Blue Wire to help them likely get off the ground. Whether it's production, ad sales, etc., and that's why I say Shopify for us, man. Yeah. Not only do they arm the rebels, they work with Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. Budweiser, Pepsi. So, like, can can we also plug into all, you know, these these big boys? Can we sit in the middle there too, mm-hmm. of, of arming the rebels and then playing with the the big B2Bs? If we, you know, hopeful to have Chevy come back next year. If not, our, another car brand, and then we'll mm-hmm. have our official car, our, our official credit card we hope to build relationships with advertisers like that where people are just walking in to add revenue as soon as they create content. All
0: right. So as, as you know, it's kind of like this, this podcast is kind of like a virtual industry, you know, seminar right now. And so to that, you, you're listening to different podcasts, brand podcasts. What are the most common mistakes? If you have the executive's ears right now, people who are doing their own brand pet, let's, let's say, let's just sit somebody who's doing their own brand podcast right right now. What are the most common mistakes that you hear and what advice do you have on how to fix them?
1: everyone we sit down with has the same idea i want to sit down and interview someone and talk about adversity that's literally everyone it feels like everyone's doing that in podcasting i like that you've taken way more of a niche Mm -hmm. and are like uh, uncovering trends about publishing Mm -hmm. it has there has to be a log line for the podcast it can't be celebrity interviews talking about adversity it's so random Mm -hmm. there has to be a through line um, so that that's mistake number one. Mistake number two is just not recording consistently. If the episode doesn't mm-hmm. go drop every day at the same time mm-hmm. and weekly, it doesn't really have a chance of, unless it's so good the listener is, is going to be dedicated, but there's just, you're fighting against too much other consistent content. If you're not going to do it consistently, really don't get into it. Um, and then, you know, three, the first 10 episodes likely are going to suck they just are i love that <laughs> they are we're right. we're pretty honest about right, that we do right. po- we do pilots with folks but mm-hmm. you know um it takes a while if someone's brand new as a host when you have that microphone as you know jay it's it is different than when you're with your buddy and you think that this should be a podcast yeah. so um yeah you know, pe- people like just talk over each other or the conversation just sounds so scripted. So trying to work with people and help them through that painful ten first episodes. But generally after ten, the light bulb goes off or, or in rare cases, we tell the person, let's, let's take this behind the bar. And like, this is not worth any this time, but, um, <laughs> well, good. You're you episode
0: know. 35. So this one is like three times better than the first 10. So you, you're, you're of in course, the good man. batch.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's the tough part. When you have a celebrity on your team with 60,000 yeah. followers, yeah. and, you know, she's getting 90 listens on her podcast. Yeah. So you're just yeah. like, uh, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, I don't want to say the F word, but, <laughs> you can. Um, yeah. It's fine. yeah, so, so that's our, that's our challenge, man, is we work with influencers and some of them have yeah. quote unquote followers in an audience and it's easy to tell really because who shows up for your podcast. You can tell, you know, we have people with, with a thousand followers who have more listeners than someone with 60,000 yep. followers. So we look at engagement way more than, than follower.
0: Yeah. And, and then there's also the quality of the follower too, which I get into to that point. So like marketing and promotion tips, um, same thing, right? You got a podcast going, obviously you're posting it, you're promoting it on social, but any nuances that you found to be particularly successful in terms of actually driving listenership?
1: Yes. Creating content. That's not about the podcast. So just being amazing at Twitter and, mm-hmm. and getting 56 retweets and and 400 likes on a post is the best way to grow your audience. Now someone just followed you. Now it's someone scrolling through your page. Um, shoving the podcast down someone's throat is Mm -hmm. a strategy. But it's not it's not what we like recommend. We recommend, hey, have blue wire produce your whole thing, have us do everything you focus on Twitter, you Mm -hmm. focus on being smart, you focus on here. Here's 800. We give everyone 800 memes and videos that we've collected to use. Go ahead, tell some jokes, be Mm -hmm. be funnier. We try and tell people that's "That's fact. Be funny.
0: If I could only just, if you have the be funny button, I will take it. Give me the be funny pill. I'm in. Or
1: or are you sarcastic or are you insightful? Like pick your word of what you are, your content. Like our NFL content is more insightful and nerdy. Mm -hmm. Our NBA content is more Mm -hmm. social and funny because that's kind of how the audience is. We have our wrestling guy, Chris Van Vliet, an interviewer. So we have all different kinds of stuff, but we try and tell people, pick that word, lean into it and create the content um, that's, whether it's your YouTube, where wherever you're best at doing your stuff, be awesome there. And of course, like there's audiograms, and we always tell people to post the artwork of the podcast and not not the link. Um, you know, right. how do we make? How do we make? We we have we have right. four designers on the team, so you know, our artwork really matters. It was crazy. We, so we have an advisor awesome.
0: from your your uh, site's really good.
1: It it matters a lot in podcasting. Mm-hmm. Our one of our advisors is from. Um, gimlet who got acquired by spotify Mm -hmm. and they they have they have a dozen designers they have four artists who just work on podcast artwork and it's really it's a psychological game so we we try our artwork hopefully reels someone into and we really take pride in that
0: cool in that well we're 25 minutes in so i want to go to the rapid portion here because i know we got a hard out here so uh, this one is totally self-serving. I waited 25 minutes to get kind of like my free consulting here, which is why I do this podcast, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so seriously, the, we we do a couple podcasts, but they they're they're the podcast is almost the bike product of a it's a their video shows, right? It's for Levita Baseball, and so I'm curious. So Ozzy Guillen Senior is called Being Guillen. It's one with Ozzy Senior and his three sons, and uh, it's super. It's plays really well video wise, uh, and we have another one uh, that's Spanish. And it's, it's hilarious and it's very good visually. I'm curious about your take on, uh, especially now that we've gone through it, we're in a pandemic and everyone's seeming to do video podcasts as well as audio podcasts, right? What's your take on how to produce um, video shows or, or podcasts that have a video component and an audio component? What's your take on them? How do you do them well?
1: Um, right now in the pandemic, it's like a 1080p camera. Um, No, I meant, I meant,
0: let me, let me rephrase that. Like not the actual aesthetic I'm talking about, right. When you, if you're, if you're doing a show on Facebook live, right. Or Twitter or wherever, and you're then trying to take that content and have it also be a podcast, right. The duality of kind of a live video show that can also be a
1: podcast. Oh yeah.
0: So walk me through how your perspective on that and, and how to make that work.
1: Definitely. So we work with Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird that way. We take their live Instagram show on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called a touch more. They drink wine. They have Jimmy Butler on, mm-hmm. they have r- random celebrities on. It's funny. It does sometimes go two hours long and it's unscripted. We take that version down to about 40 to 45 minutes and edit it. We, we, we have a staff that listens to it and, and kind of pare it down. So, we've worked that way in terms of, you know, setting up the video and, and the formatting for everything. Everything is personality driven. Um, it, the, the person someone's going to look at the person for, for Joe Budden, like people just and the, the cast of characters he has. It, that person has to have magnetic energy. A lot of podcasters don't, a lot of podcasters are not meant for video, but there's a certain few obviously. And, mm-hmm the radio the radio simulcast has worked for for dozens of years now so i from a video standpoint you know it's right now the pandemic's weird but it it, it's as simple as for us paring down the audio and then you know it video man has just changed so much with the pandemic like the 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 quality of it and just like what people are expecting i'd say like, subtitles are huge, and just if you can edit any video and make it shorter, I would say do it okay. uh, without chopping the whole thing off. Yep. But I would say anytime anyone sees something 45 minutes, they're not as likely to click on it if they see 22 minutes. So cool. we're always preaching pair stuff down.
0: Cool. So to that end, you know, we're almost at the 30-minute mark here. So jump in the DeLorean with me, and let's visit 2022. What does Blue Wire look like? What's changed? What's mo- what most excites you in the year 2022?
1: Oh man. You know, I, I think we have a, a dozen or so partnerships with, with professional teams and this model is proving to work out that we come in mm-hmm. either, either, bring a better host or coach current in-house talent. You know, we're breaking news occasionally on the podcast that maybe used to be a tweet or other things. Um, and fans are showing up and audience growth is happening and we are telling this narrative to the world, like, a. Hey, NFL teams are becoming content companies use blue wire to plug in. Mm -hmm. I think we have a thriving B2B, you know, maybe we have a retainer with a pro league. We're helping them with their whole strategy or, or a big network, um, you know, having all those conversations, I think. So we'll have about 500 podcasters on our network Mm -hmm. or, or open floodgates or, or 10,000. I'm not sure yet. We're, so we're working on blue wire hustle, which is a place where anyone in the world can just sign up and launch their podcast with Mm -hmm. us as a brand extension. Maybe those two combined, but I see us being one of the biggest sports audio channels in the world. Man, we're launching our first bilingual podcast. We've had some great conversations in India. Yeah. India is the fastest growing English Mm -hmm. content. They're not doing podcasting really there in that country yet. You know, we see, Mm -hmm. see other land grab opportunities to just extend this brand, and I, i'm not gonna lie man i don't i don't know if we're, we go 10 years and scale this brand you know we see ourselves as a huge juicy plug mm-hmm. for, for for a media company to just be this 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 audio company within within a bigger yep. media company uh, we talk about it internally we're scaling for a big exit and mm-hmm. um you know, it's it's unrealistic to think you can start a, a billion dollar media company these days. It's more of a fragmented space. We're yep. acknowledging that, and we're gonna like you know try and be a sports vertical and 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 go faster than others.
0: Cool. Final two questions. Morning must. Who do you let in your email inbox or ear pods uh, to enable you to stay on top of industry trends?
1: Oh, hashtag sports is is a very solid newsletter. Mm-hmm. Podnews.net. Pod for podcasting. Okay. Um Ben Thompson is my guy. He loves Blue Wire content. Mm-hmm. He's helped he's helped uh, advise us early on. Um I I'm subscribed to too many, but those those three are go to strategy from Ben Thompson, hashtag sports, pod news. I don't feel like I've completed a day if I've looked at unless I've looked at those three.
0: All right, final and guilty pleasure outside of Blue Wire. Give me it doesn't have to be sports What's a, uh, you know, give me some of the all-time best pods you've listened to. you have a favorite?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I think Startup from Gimlet, once I listened to that, I had this idea in my head, but once I heard Alex's story of just starting Gimlet and how he started rubbing elbows with some of these celebrities who invested, I did the same with Baron Davis, you know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really trying to emulate what what happened at Gimlet, and then I didn't. I didn't listen to Wondery and Dirty John, but that was a game-changing podcast. Mm. Uh, of course, Serial happened, but Dirty mm-hmm. John is a series on Bravo now. It's been on Netflix. They've turned like one piece of IP into potentially. I think it's nine fi- worth nine figures now. What they've done there, so. That's the Um,
0: holy grail, right? Starting with a piece of IP at a podcast and it explodes and all those other extensions, right? It's
1: it's voice acted. It was in partnership with the Los Angeles Times. They probably spent uh, like 100K on that and just the return on investment there is crazy. So I think, yeah, I look at those two companies, man, that's who we pitch. We're not Barstool or Ringer, really. We're trying to become Wondery or Gimlin for sports.
0: Awesome. Kevin Jones, founder, CEO, Blue Wire. been a blast, really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Charman and on LinkedIn.